0: Hello, and welcome back to Uncited, the Internet's Least Reliable English Lit Podcast. I'm Chantel.
1: And I'm Amy.
0: And we have got kind of a special episode. Would you say it's a special episode?
1: I would say that it's an episode... Its speciality is going to be a lot different than what we usually call our special episodes. So I don't think we should induce our lovely listeners in error.
0: Set up your expectations and then we'll just tear them down. Like it's not like special, like Sparkle special, but it's like a different episode. Yes. So the reason it is similar to a special episode is because we're going to talk about comparative essays. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) We're back in grade 11. Yeah. grade 11 English class. Sad because
1: you can't see my face anymore because our video feed's not working, but I was making a funny face.
0: That is very sad. So the books we are going to be comparing are My Antonia and Beloved. Yes. If you haven't listened to our previous two episodes and you also haven't read my Antonia and Beloved, I would recommend going back and listening because you might be a little bit lost. We're not going to be doing any summarizing today.
1: Are we not? Like not at all? We're just
0: going straight into it? I think we're going straight into it because we've already done it. Yeah, yes, that's fair. But if you have read them, I mean, you can carry on, live your life welcome if this is your first time, but if it is your first time, it's going to be a weird one to start on. A
1: real weird one. Yeah, I agree.
0: We have some more serious topics because, you know, it's my Antonian beloved. However, since it's probably not your first episode, I was thinking we could do a little more fun stuff instead of jumping right into the book like we usually do. Would you be up to that, Amy? Yes. You know what is related to tangentially comparative essays ads (laughs) this or that questions okay i have some this or that questions for you yeah i am ready okay would you rather play a board
1: game or a video game board game because video games make me nauseous um but then again
0: board games are hard to read so um (laughs) card games card games card games are good i think i'm a video game girl I'm playing Breath of the Wild right now.
1: Yeah, like I like video games. Um, I'm very much a big fan of Stardew Valley and stuff, but a lot of them make me nauseous because I am get motion sick really quickly. But I'm also really bad at like tabletop games because I can't read super fast anymore. Oh, And I, I just give up and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Or like, I can't count points because I'm bad at math. So fun times.
0: Would you rather share food or not share food? And I guess... This is before COVID times.
1: Yeah, I was going to be like, am I like sharing like ice cream or am I like sharing stuff in a plate? because like I'm a share you
0: you and a friend you don't live with are sharing one ice cream cone
1: I mean I've shared an apple with our friend Taylor before hi Taylor so that was a fun time so I guess a uh, pre-covid
0: I was not against it that's the weirdest thing ever to share what are you Christina Rossetti
1: no it was super weird we were on like a drive in like rural Ontario and uh, we were hungry but we had apples so we grabbed an apple from the back of the car and then we got pulled over
0: oh my god
1: yeah so because my license was like in a different Part of the province, they were like, Oh, you're a long way from home. And we were like, Yeah, we go to
0: school in Toronto. And they're like, You're still a long way from home because we're like three <laughs> hours north. So that's fun. It's, I love how you had multiple apples, but you decided you were going to eat one apple together? Well, we didn't want like an apple each. You're like, oh man, that's too much food. One whole apple? Well, it was like 1130 <laughs> at night and apples on like
1: a late night stomach is kind of hard, you know?
0: Okay. Instagram or Twitter? I think who runs which is the answer to this one.
1: Yeah, I'm very much an Instagram person. Twitter? Well, actually, I- I'm not. You're not? I'm not because I hate Instagram. But you're running the Instagram? But I'm running the Instagram. Yeah.
0: Tattoos or piercings?
1: Piercings.
0: I'm tattoos. I have both
1: though yeah I like I want a tattoo um I have an artist that I want to get it from and everything but I'm very bad at commitment for things on my body um like my piercings I'm like I can take them out and they can close up but like I can't close up a tattoo so
0: you cannot close up a tattoo no okay if you answer one of these options we might have to close down the podcast and start a new podcast okay books or movies
1: (laughs) if the movie is not based on a book Movie. If the movie is based on a book, book.
0: That's fair. Movies based on books are usually not as good as the no. books, but sometimes they are, like The Princess Bride, which is just as good in a totally different way.
1: Mm-hmm. I think there was something to be said for movies, but, you know, I was an English major, so probably books.
0: Cool. Cool, cool, cool. But if you want to start
1: a movie podcast, let's do that. Like, we can pivot. It's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already got, like, an Apple Taste Review podcast. We've got a charcuterie board podcast. We've got, what else have we done?
1: <laughs> an emoji podcast is something I want to an do. An
0: emoji podcast. Yeah. Okay. Or as
1: I call them, emoticons.
0: Those are not the same thing at all. Yes, they are. They are not. They (laughs) are. An emoji is the little one symbol and an emoticon is when you're using characters on the keyboard to make up something that looks like a symbol.
1: I disagree, but okay.
0: You can't disagree with something that's objectively the truth.
1: I say that it's not objectively the truth because get this, emoticons are subjective.
0: No, no. Why are you like this? Eh, Because I like to be. Oh, goodness. Are you ready to talk about some literature? Oh, was that the last one? That was the last one. I was having so much fun. <laughs> oh, I have one for you. Okay, I'm ready.
1: My Antonia or Beloved.
0: Oh, no, obviously. It's Beloved. <laughs> Why would you even compare those two things? Uh, because I could. Who would compare those two books? Anyway, here's my comparative essay about My Antonian Beloved. ha. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So before we get into it, we've got some content warnings again, because we're talking about the same books. So again, we have a content warning for infant death, content warning for slavery, content warning for attempted rape. So my essay, I really liked this essay. Actually, I was reading it. I was like, damn, I used to be smart. Mm -hmm. Remember when I was smart? I guess that's the point of the podcast is, hey, remember when we were smart? But Jesus Christ, remember when I was smart? The essay was called The Danger of Isolation in Morrison's Beloved and Cather's My Antonia. Mm. And my thesis was arguing that the main character's isolation strained their personal relationships and altered their family dynamics leading to a similar effect in both stories and I kept that as a little, a little teaser for the end. I kept it as a little secret spice. We'll see what that is at the end. Okay. So I talked about three different types of isolation because we all know I love a hamburger essay with three arguments. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Am I allowed to make joke this week's? Uh, yeah. I mean we started with a this or that questionnaire so I would say yes. Kay.
1: Cool things.
0: So the first type of isolation I talked about was cultural isolation. Antonio and Setha both live in profoundly racist societies that isolate them from their oppressors. Mm -hmm. In Beloved, it's super obvious. She's living in slavery. The black community remains segregated after the Civil War when the present day of the book is set. Right. So the people who used to be slaves understandably don't trust white people, which is why Setha attacks Denver's boss because she has a flashback to school teacher, the slave owner on the plantation. I'm saying slave owner for lack of a better word, you can't own a person. Yeah. But people who believe that they were slave owners. Right. So Setha believes that she can only trust her family, which is why she lets Beloved basically like eat her soul. Not literally eat her soul, but like literally eat her out of house and home and then eat away at her sense of self. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, that slavery also fractured families. So Setha was raised by other women who were slaves while her mother was forced to work on the plantation. And then her very limited relationship with her mother leads her to make parenting decisions that she does later in the book, like parenting decisions that no one else really understands, but that she has rationalized to herself as making sense. Yeah. Because her only memory of her mother, we don't even know her mother's name, we only know her as ma'am, is when her mother called her over and showed her a brand on her ribcage from the slave owners. Right. Because she was like, if something happens to me, you need to be able to know who I am. Mm -hmm. It was a very sad moment, but young Setha didn't understand that. All she understood was that she wanted to be closer to her mom. She wanted to be like her mom. She didn't really know her mom. So she said, how will you know me? Mark me too. And then her mom hit her because she didn't want her to be claimed and abused like that by the slave owners. Mm -hmm. So all Setha knows of motherhood is that violence can be an expression of love. So later on, when she's faced with a very desperate choice, she chooses to end her daughter's life as an act of maternal love rather than let her grow up on the plantation. Right. Sethe's maternal love is very different from the rest of the maternal love in the book. Paldi cautions against the vulnerability that she's putting herself out there by loving her children so much. He says it's dangerous for Sethe to love them so much because if something were to happen to them, how would she have any love left for the next child? Uh, okay, D. Yeah i mean love's not an apple pie and you don't cut it up love is like a sourdough starter you know love is like a sourdough starter that is beautiful it that is beautiful amy you nurture it and it grows You nurture it it grows you feed it and it grows
1: and it can give you back so much if you make little loaves with it (laughs) And I think that sourdough starter being a metaphor for love is the best thing I'm going to say this decade.
0: That was probably the best thing I've ever heard in my life. So thank you for sharing that with me. It's very close
1: to oatmeal sustains you moment in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I'm going to pretend that it wasn't influenced by that because I want full credit.
0: I'm giving you full credit. I do not think that you plagiarized. Thank you. Also, I cited. Good job. I mean, not good job. No, that's not what this podcast is about whoops so going back to cultural isolation now we're going to talk about my Antonia so the racism in my Antonia really goes over our narrator jim's head a lot because he's very privileged and doesn't understand his privilege he's a privileged little white boy yes so we have to infer a lot from what he's saying because he's sympathetic to what the chimeras are going through but he can't empathize with it because he doesn't really get it
1: it's very surface level like yes he's like oh you guys are in pain you
0: guys are suffering but it's more like an anthropologist's way of seeing thing, you know? Yes, and at the same time, like the Shimerdas are immigrants, they're from a different country, they're constantly up against a very white, very closed off community who sees Antonia as like a promiscuous stereotype of a European immigrant and they literally say that immigrants are ignorant because they aren't fluent in English and it's like, um, hello, how many languages do you speak? You're gonna judge this person for speaking their second or third language with an accent when you speak exactly what one language? No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. But Jim is like, oh, I'm also from a different place. I'm in, where is he? Nebraska? Yes. I'm in Nebraska now, and I'm from Virginia. I was in Virginia, now I'm in Nebraska. So it's the same thing. We're both the same. So he thinks he can empathize.
1: Oh, you know, the difference between Virginia and Nebraska, such difference.
0: It's just worlds apart.
1: Worlds apart. <laughs> North versus South, you know, because of America. Civil War. Yeah. Wait, give me one second. Yes, Sam.
0: Virginia and Nebraska are like as far away states as you can possibly get from each other. Virginia is functionally in the South, and Nebraska is like flatter than Kentucky,
1: but Kentucky's in the South. Like, Nebraska is one state away
0: from Canada. It's Montana, then it's Nebraska. While Virginia is like the South, it was... ...on the side of the South in the Civil War.
1: So I have some uh, news here for the listeners, courtesy of my boyfriend who is peer-reviewing us as I'm recording, apparently. (laughs) Just this one time, because I'm bad at geography. Apparently, Nebraska is super far from Virginia and very, very different.
0: Wow, I did not know that.
1: Because Virginia was part of the South during the Civil War, and Nebraska was basically around the Rockies, but flat. Nobody lived there, and no one lives there today, is what he's told me. His words. comparison, would be Virginia to Georgia, or like the Virginias to the
0: Carolinas. I have no idea. I know nothing about American geography. But I do know that Sam is telling me Nebraska is basically Saskatchewan. Nebraska
1: is apparently very close to Montana.
0: Montana is not in Canada. So that is that does nothing to help me.
1: No, but it's like right next to Washington State, which is right next to Vancouver. So like Nebraska is like a weird Alberta. So it's basically Alberta. Yeah. Why do we always end up here? So I guess for Jim, it might've been a bit different, but it's still not going from Eastern Europe Nebraska.
0: Yeah, it's not the same. He thinks that he and Antonia are on a level playing field. So he never makes an effort to understand why she might have to live her life differently than Mr. I went to Harvard Law because I got bored halfway through a semester. Yeah, like moving from the Appalachians to the Rockies does
1: not make you an immigrant. I'm sorry, buddy.
0: Yeah, he still lived a very privileged life. What Jim does is he blames their outcomes on the road of destiny. And he makes this big deal of the road of destiny, except his road of destiny is the road from the train station to this big fancy house. Is this like a
1: predestination nonsense?
0: I guess, yeah. It's like, oh, we just went different ways. We just took different paths in life. And then her road of destiny is literally the road from the train station to a shack. Right. Like, they have very different roads, okay? Mm -hmm. And then her family's alienation as, like, immigrants living in rural Nebraska in the middle of the prairie leads them to behave in ways that that express their hurt and then occasionally some of them lash out like one example is Mr. Shimerda's depression he's very depressed and Mrs. Shimerda behaves very coldly towards people sometimes Antonia's brother Ambrose is occasionally like a little violent like he fights the burden's firm hand Jake at one point and he fights kind of dirty mm-hmm, but scrappy yeah I would like to note however that the the fact that Jim's community is being racist against European immigrants is just further proof how made up the concept of whiteness is if you don't have anyone else to be racist against and you're finding other white people to be racist against it's because whiteness is not real yeah
1: like you know there's this whole thing like are Irish people white are Italians white you know all this stuff exactly like it's like can we stop trying to construct another based on cultural or physical differences
0: please when the concept of whiteness was invented and it was invented because it's not a real thing. Yeah, It was British people, like English people and that's it. And Irish people were not considered white. No,
1: I have an entire essay about how the Irish are the other, so we'll get to that eventually. Yeah. Stay tuned.
0: Irish people, are they not descended from the exact same people as British people? I don't know. But it's just silly. Based on where your ancestors come from, latitudinally, does not necessitate treating people differently. (laughs) I like Like how this was like, this is going to be a
1: fun special episode about comparative essays. And now you're like, stop being mean. Stop being
0: racist. I love it. Jesus Christ. I love this. We're going on to the next session. Type 2 isolation was social isolation. This is where we get into our infant death content warning. So after Setha kills her daughter to save her from a life of suffering, basically everyone judges her very harshly the law, her peers, because they don't understand or care why she did it. Um, You were talking about dehumanizing imagery happening a lot in this book. And one of the times that happens is when Paul D says, You got two feet, Setha, not four. And she's very hurt. Oof, yeah. Because up to that point, the only person who's been dehumanizing her has been the worst person in the book school teacher school teacher and the other slave owners but now she's being ostracized and dehumanized within her own community as if like motherhood wasn't ostracizing enough yeah parenting's a tough job she had to take this really
1: hard decision to keep her child from having to suffer like she had at the hands of these people and we're still like making it even worse like we don't need to
0: do this paul d you suck
1: Mm -hmm. in this instance you really suck uh yeah
0: i do like him later on but yeah that was not good your fave is problematic let's just not treat people as less than let's all be equal this is now a song podcast oh my gosh we just solved inequality yeah wow someone give us a nobel peace prize
1: we two white people who live in a very affluent country have solved inequality go us we
0: did it we did it guys
1: this election was not for naught <laughs> we solved inequality the day after uh, Go us.
0: Half our listeners probably don't even get that because American elections last, what, like two years? And our election lasted one month? 36 days. So y'all might have not even heard about well, it. No,
1: our followers who follow us on Instagram, hello, I love you all, have seen my posts about going to vote.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. I also went to vote. Good job. Thank you so much. I did my civic duty. This is fun. So like I said before, Setha is the only mother in the book who's described as having an excess of love and she's criticized for the riskiness of that, and also the choice that that leads her to, which is killing beloved. Can I I tie in my sourdough analogy again? Please do.
1: Okay, so if you overfeed your sourdough starter, you can kill it. So here it's saying that overfeeding or overloving is bad. However, I think things in moderation.
0: Well, that's what they're saying. If you contrast that with the other mother that we are very familiar with in the book, Baby Suggs, Mm -hmm. who's Setha's husband's mother, she knew her children would be taken away from her within the construct of slavery, so she distanced herself from them right after they were born. And the only thing that she can remember of her seven children is that one of them liked the burnt bottoms of bread. Okay, but here's the thing.
1: Mm -hmm. You can also kill a sour by not giving it enough food.
0: I think you're going too deep into the sourdough analogy. I think <laughs> just they were both trying to cope with motherhood in an inherently unjust system and they were both doing their best and neither of them was right and neither of them was wrong. They were just doing what they could do. Motherhood is too complex for this. Yes, I think motherhood is a little more complex than a sourdough starter.
1: Motherhood is not a sourdough starter, only love.
0: Yes. Okay, got it. Love can be boiled down to one simple analogy. Oof. <laughs> okay, now we can move over to social isolation in my Antonia.
1: So much of it.
0: Are you ready for this section of my hamburger essay? Yes,
1: of course. That's what I'm here for.
0: It is. So Antonia is judged differently than the rest of her family because she's like a young woman out on her own in the world. Her brother is a guy, so, you know, he's allowed to do whatever. Her mother is a married and then widowed mom, so people are just like, okay okay, well, let's discount her because, you know, a wife. She's just defined by her husband. And then Jim gives us like an accidental look into the intersectionality of how Antonia is treated as a female immigrant because he's one of the people judging her.
1: Yes, he is because he's a judging McGee and we don't like him.
0: So after Antonia's dad's death, Jim doesn't like that Antonia yawns and stretches her arms at the dinner table, quote, as if they ache.
1: Well, they do. You know what, Jim? They do. They do. She's a girl on a farm and she's got shit to do.
0: Yeah, she's doing hard labor all day that Jim's never had to do in his privileged life. Fucking spoon up his ass. Because she has to work to help her immigrant family who is struggling and having a really hard time. And she has also the social pressure of living up to like this image of this dainty, feminine teenage girl that Jim has in his head for some reason. His Antonia. His Antonia does stretch at the dinner table like her arms ache. His Antonia sits all day with a teaspoon in her mouth.
1: Probably. Better than her ass, I guess, like he does.
0: Wow.
1: I don't like him and I'm putting it out there.
0: I couldn't tell. Yeah, okay. And then she's also the victim of attempted gender-based violence because Wick Cutter tries to rape her. Yeah. And the fact that he has tried to do that makes Jim also mad at her because Antonia is afraid of Wick so she gets Jim to take her place house sitting for them And then when Wick walks in and tries to attack her, he actually attacks Jim. And then Jim resents Antonia. Instead of blaming Wick, he resents Antonia for years and takes away her only friend. Yeah. Because... He's a douche can do. I mean,
1: okay, I'm going to defend Jim for one little second here.
0: Oh, I would love to hear that. <laughs> I
1: think putting that pressure on a child, also bad. I think the appropriate thing here would have been to talk to adults. So I understand I mean, why Jim might have been angry with Antonia about putting him in harm's way. Because he's also younger than her. Remember
0: that. I mean, sure. The adults probably should have stepped in, but they probably wouldn't have. Yeah. He is younger than her, but she's a child too like
1: i understand where his anger comes from i'm not saying that we shouldn't hate the man in question because we should but i understand how jim might be also mad at antonia who also has every right to be afraid
0: i guess I think the problem is that children were treated differently. Yeah, that's fair. In like the late 1800s when this was set than they are now. Like this was before children were special. Yeah, well, the teenage years didn't even exist. Yeah, exactly. So this was when they were like, oh, give them some lead to chew on. Who cares? They're like, you want some more porridge? (laughs) No, you don't get offered more. (laughs) You have to ask for more and then get viciously mocked. Oh, and then another thing Jim does, he judges Antonio for being abandoned by her fiance while she's pregnant yeah because that's her fault obviously i'm back
1: on my gym hating
0: wagon that he she would ruin herself for such a worthless man that's that's all her all
1: all her fault so he's he's very judgy mcjudgerson yes judge mcgee and you know what i'm not here for him no i'm not coming out for jim if jim was like at the end of the lane with a boombox i'd be like turn it down
0: (laughs) you know like no Turn that riding mower around. You get out of here.
1: You take your 16 candles and blow them somewhere
0: else. You get that fist out of the air. Bender. Okay, paragraph. I don't know how many, but hamburger essay point three. We've got physical isolation. Mm -hmm. In Beloved, Setha lives in an alienated house. It's a very like haunted, creepy house and very few people go in or come out. It's called 124 and the house is almost like a character because it's haunted and then it's just kind of like this thing containing them all. The most normal family dynamics in the book are when Paldi first gets there and they all leave the house and they finally interact with the community because the rest of the time, like, Setha's almost always there. Denver, Setha's daughter, barely leaves the house for 12 years and when she does is when things start getting better. Like, being in that house is very isolating for them. Yeah. In My Antonia, um, it's obvious they're in the middle Fucking of Nebraska, nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're in the middle of rural Nebraska.
1: Which apparently is not where we thought it was.
0: There are symbols all the heck over the book of the isolated immigrant experience in the Nebraska countryside. I wrote a hella good paragraph about the symbolism of a tractor. (laughs) (laughs) It was the sunset was going down on the tractor and you could see the big tractor's shadow over the sun and I was like, oh, that's their view of like the American dream and then the sun goes down and then and ironically, that's what illuminates them on the true meaning of moving to America. Wow. And the tractor sinks into its own littleness on the Nebraska countryside.
1: Yeah, there's there's something to be said there about, uh you know, tractors. There's
0: the tractors. It's, it's
1: very Why Are the Curtains Blue, I think.
0: Yes, thank you. I thought it was very Why Are the Curtains Blue. I was first year, so I was just coming out of Why Are the Curtains Blue High School. But this is Why is the Tractor the American Dream? Why is the Tractor the American Dream? If you're writing an essay on My Antonia, you can feel free to steal Why is the Tractor the American Dream? Go ahead. That's my gift to you.
1: You can cite us as giving you creative
0: license. Don't though. Don't cite. Oh, but do. It'll be fun. Ah, it'll be fine, I'm sure. I'm sure professors will love it.
1: Well, maybe they'll call us and be like, hey, you guys are pretty cool. You want to come talk to my class? I would
0: love that. Actually, though. My dream is like to be put on like an extra credit homework assignment.
1: My dream is for our prof to be like, hey, you guys are two wildly successful English majors from our classes. Do you want to come talk (laughs) to our classes? And then we would. And we'd be like, oh my gosh, here's what's cool about being an English major. We now have a podcast. We have listeners. We have Instagram and Twitter followers. We're almost influencers. And it's a load of crap, but I think it would be fun. (laughs) Uh,
0: We're, you know, we're (laughs) micro influencers. We have jobs
1: and pensions and stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good. Anyway, in (laughs) conclusion I talked about how the isolation strains their relationships, but what else it does is the isolation also forces the characters to reimagine their limitations and grow within. Ooh. oh! So Setha and Antonia are isolated, but that isolation causes them to redefine themselves as mothers and redefine the role of maternity in their lives. That's true. So Setha, she loves her children very intensely. Everyone tells her not to, and when she has an act of maternal love of killing her daughter to not let her grow up in this terrible system everyone judges her but she knows that that was the right thing to do yeah Antonia everyone pities her everyone thinks she needs to hide away she needs to be ashamed of what she's done you know what she's done being abandoned by a man that's a horrible thing to do obviously
1: being an unwed mother is the worst thing a mother could be
0: shamefully she's had a child out of wedlock oh no
1: sacrilege.
0: And what she does is she rejects that. Like Setha, she has radical love for her child. She takes photos of her child. She displays them in the photographer's studio in town. That's true. She's very proud of her kid. She remarries. She's the head of a very successful farming family with someone she really loves. And she goes on to be a very successful maternal figure. And you know what? I love that for her. I love that for her. Jim doesn't, but I do.
1: Fuck Jim. I
0: know. So basically, they're, like, rebelling against what society thinks they should do, and they are doing what they feel is best for their families. And that's all you can do. You can do what you think is best. Yep. And screw everyone else, you know? Yep. Yes. Go, Seth and Antonia. Basically, what
1: you're saying is, you do you.
0: You do you, man. That's the uh, that's the real thesis of this essay. You do you. Yep. Yeah. Let's wrap this up with a neat little bow. Um. So that's the end of our, I guess, three part series that we did not tell you was going to be a three part series. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. That's what you get when you listen to a podcast called Uncited. Thank you for listening. Where can people find us Amy? You can find us wherever
1: you can find us at unsightedpod, Pod, which is Twitter and Instagram. Um we also have an email, but Twitter and Instagram is probably the best way to get in touch with us.
0: But if you do want to reach out to us by email and you are not spambo email telemarketer who wants us to buy into their business, which is always Viagra. Their hot Viagra business idea. Their hot herbal Viagra business idea on a purple website with a pink text <laughs> what the fuck else i knew that link. no don't i don't want a virus i'm going to don't give me your stds it's too intimate um don't send me the link our email is unsighted at outlook.com and we are just happy to have you around we hope to see you in two weeks and as always we're excited unavailable Amazing, incredible, stellar, stunning, Uh, beautiful.